Hey guys, I'm Nick. And I'm Eugene. Welcome to Papercut. This week, we're talking about Tess of the D'Urbervilles, A Pure Woman, Faithfully Presented, 1892. This book, Tess of D'Urbervilles, is written by one Tom Hardy, aka Venom, but obviously he wrote this before his outbreak in Hollywood. In a nutshell, Tess of D'Urberville tells the tragic story of a Victorian girl called Tess Derbyfield in her quest to live up, live up to the expectations imposed upon her, along with the losses and ex- losses and gains that she experienced. And what are the main ideas coming out from this book? So one very distinct idea that I got from this was the toxic mentality of the Victorian girl. So I'm not saying like the girl itself has a toxic mentality, but more like there's a toxic mentality imposed upon her by society. For a while, I thought you meant that she had a crappy attitude. No, 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 no. So it's, it's society's attitude towards the general idea of what a woman should be. Yeah. Uh, could, you, could you elaborate on that a bit more? Yeah, sure. So um, obviously, you know, back then, 1892, when this book was written, it's kind of around when women started having like their own kind of thoughts. Yeah, the suffragette movement was yeah. ramping but up. But there was still like the whole, you know, traditionalist view of like women should just stay at home and, and like cook and all that stuff. This I feel like this book kind of shows the bad side of the traditional view. So if you think like, oh yeah, a woman should just be confined within the household and they literally need to be like a virgin before they get married and they can't express their sexuality in any way you know it, it kind of clamps down on you and you, we see this in, in in this book so for example you know at the start of the book tess got forced to work for um this guy called alec d'urberville she started working for him for purely family intentions and she got basically tricked into well marrying him but after that we don't see the blame being put on anyone apart from tess like even tess herself thinks it's her own fault that the stuff happened to her happened to her and that's exactly a kind of toxic mentality that's being put upon the victorian girls that i was referring to the first question that jumps into mind is how exactly is this different from say an american woman living in that time or or an asian woman living in that time it it doesn't seem very distinct i mean of course there'll be a lot of overlap in these things but is there anything that's uniquely victorian in your opinion if you were to ask me completely honestly, I think this book would work just as well anywhere else. And I'm sure there are other books in different countries that mm. are made, well, that are to have a similar theme, but just with like a different cultural background. Well, I feel like the importance of this book is just the Victorian element to it. So like, it's a very British focused kind of book. So like, if we want to talk about, oh, the this is the attitude that Victorians had towards women, or you can use this book as one of the examples. You won't use like The Great Gatsby or like yeah. like Handmaiden's Tale. No, 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 I think that I think that's a good way to look at it as well because back then, of course, like internet wasn't a thing. Travel around the world is not that common, and so you work with what you have. And if what you have is sort of the Victorian outlook, then you stick yeah, with it. Exactly. So, so even even though like maybe somewhere in Asia or somewhere in America might be going through the same thing, you just work with what you have. Yeah, and exactly. I, I get what you mean. You know, there there are certain places in the book where, you know, Tess actually, she was going to get the happiness that she was looking for, that she was seeking for an entire book. Yeah. And she kind of sabotaged herself because of the whole notion that she wasn't worthy enough. And that's the exactly kind of notion that gets put upon her through her upbringing and through the society around her. And it's quite sad to see that because 
she really could have had a happy ending. Like you've 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 read those books, you know which bits I'm referring to. <laughs> and there are times where you're just like, oh, why did why did you do that? I think I know which bits you're talking about. I also do wonder, like, did she like did she bring this upon herself? Because the sense I got was that society imposed these ideals on her that she was supposed to be virtuous, and ultimately she had to live up to other people's designs and other people's expectations upon her. So it was one of those things where she could never win. And I guess the only part that I can recall being a bit more unique was this sort of Christian element to it. Mm -hmm. So the Christian ideal of womanhood. Well, some people might disagree with me, but anyway, circling back to this, it just feeds into this idea that she was placed in an impossible situation. So it was almost as if that it was inevitable that she would end up quote-unquote sabotaging herself. It It was inevitable, but the thing that hurts is there were two parts of her, right? There's yeah. the part of her that's like kind of herself yeah. and part that seeks happiness and there's part of her that's shaped by society. And yeah. like, if you look at her as a person, as a whole, it's inevitable that she ends up sabotaging her chances because that's what society would tell her is, well, quote-unquote, the right thing to do or like what she deserves and what she doesn't deserve. But I think what this book's trying to say is it's just a mental condition. It's just like a very arbitrary thing that's almost a result of tradition and it shouldn't hold any true value over the other part of you. It's very much pointing this out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Which yeah. is why I'm saying like it's, it's inevitable in that time. But the very point of the book is saying that it shouldn't be inevitable. Right. It is inevitable, but it shouldn't be. And yeah, and like if we ch- if they change their attitude towards women then it would very much be evitable <laughs> I don't know if that's a word or I, know, I was going to say <laughs> avoidable avoidable that's yeah. a better word alright no fair enough and I guess in this book as well like the, the male characters were I actually don't think they were too badly written if you're trying to talk about stuff like gender issues there's normally some subconscious tendency to lift one gender all the way up and push mm. the others down yeah. but I don't know if you felt it I didn't really I didn't, I didn't 100% get that feel uh, what do you think? no I definitely didn't feel that either like you, the thing about the male characters in this book is they are more ways of expressing Tess's outlook to the world like the whole book centers around Tess right so yeah. the male characters are still part of her perception in yeah. a way so they don't get written as like their own entities everything's seen through Tess's eyes like, yeah, in terms of, like, elevation and all, no. Like, the male characters definitely aren't saints, first of all, because, well, they're, they're human, obviously. And also, the way that guys tend to behave towards women back, back then, then sometimes probably, now. <laughs> yeah, we probably shouldn't be using our own standards to judge how they treat the girls back then. Yeah. So, like, it could be considered completely normal, some of the things that they did, but when you read them now, we are like, why did they even do this? That's like, that doesn't make sense. That's not a sec- that's not acceptable socially. Like, got that kind of jibber-jabber. No, I do agree. Like, um, Tom Hardy does balance both sexes quite well. And he shows the goods and bads of both sides, which is a point I really liked in this novel. Uh, and another point I actually quite liked about the novel was I didn't get the sense of men writing women so there's a there's this trope of men writing women and what it basically means is you read this paragraph and you just think oh my god this was clearly written (laughs) by a dude and it's things like look at her voluptuous body 
an hourglass figure with tight ass and those apple bottom jeans, boots with the fur. That that sort of stuff. Uh, you, I didn't really get that. That came out quite specifically, uh, very specifically. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't get that from the book. And written as a since Tom Hardy, I'm assuming as a guy, uh, wrote. I didn't. It's amazing he didn't fall into that trap, especially for the subject at the time. Anyway, and overall, I think we spoke about this. Yeah. We decided to give this book a solid six out of ten. Yeah, not uh, too bad, not too not too shabby, not too brilliant, but. Nick, I know that um, I like this book a bit better than you. So, do you want to say why you, well, why you gave your score, and I'll say why I gave mine. Right. So, I gave a bit of a lower score because I found it extraordinarily boring, save for a few parts. Like the story, it was very long. There were a few. There was this huge section where we learned about her life as a dairy maid and all the trappings of a milkmaid, and we did not need to know that. It really didn't add anything to the story. And if you were trying to show that she was a stoic character, just taking the shit, like, you already did that in the other parts. I didn't feel like it was needed. I think still, besides all this, for the when you consider the interesting parts, it's still an interesting look into the collective attitude towards women at the time. And I cannot say it's not an important novel. But nevertheless, like, personally, I can't recommend this book to anyone. I didn't enjoy it my first read through around, but maybe I'll pick it up and feel differently in the future. Well, for me, I gave this book a seven out of ten, and I actually found this book quite interesting, exactly like almost exactly because of the reasons you did it, because mm. of the the parts where it describes her life as a mundane dairy maid. I feel those parts were necessary to show what kind of society she was living in, like what kind of life she was. Leading and what kind of mentality she would develop naturally if she were doing this day by day by day, and it it is I feel like it is important because the whole point of the book is you is written for you to understand and sympathize with Tess, the main character. So you kind of have to live her life through <laughs> before you even get to that point, right? You can't just skip over some stuff, which is why I gave it a seven out of ten. I don't usually like romance novels, but you know. This one was pretty good, especially the way that is delivered, and well, it was quite revolutionary at the time. Exactly, it's good social commentary overall. Even even though I didn't like it, I must agree with you. It was social commentary at the time, and I think it is an important novel. If you like what we do, follow us on Spotify or in any of your other preferred streaming sites. If you want to leave us a comment or let us know what you think, you can email us at. Papercut.cast at gmail.com or Instagram at papercut.cast no caps or Twitter at papercutpodcast one word no caps look forward to seeing you guys next week for another episode until then I'm Nick and I'm Eugene peace out